Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Gardening Podcast with your hosts Matt and Mike where we talk about what it's like to own and operate a gardening business inside of the UK. We talk about gardening, we talk about business, we talk about tools. Make sure you stay tuned. Just a quick one before we dive into this episode. If you'd like to have your grassroots story featured on the podcast, send an email at thegrassrootspodcast at gmail.com. The link will be in the description. And welcome back to another episode. So today we're going to be talking about something that's something that I use quite regularly in my business and something that I've used throughout my life since learning about this stuff and it's um it's kind of changed the way that I think about uh processing and the just the general aspects of everything you do in life and especially in business and the more you can and it seems to become more relevant when you've got more stuff happening in terms of the more like interactions in the business, more moving, more sales. And the bigger this gets, the larger the benefit seems to be. So there's a process um, called Kaizen or continuous improvement, which has quite a lot of aspects. And depending on how this episode does and depends on the feedback, we, we might go through quite a few of these because it's very, very interesting stuff when you can figure out a way to apply it to gardening and landscaping. Now, this started in basically the Toyota factory and they've been doing this type of thing for, for years. It's just part of their natural DNA to create improvements in their work in life and their work and their day-to-day building of cars, office work, logistics, everything goes through this Kaizen continuous improvement system. Now it's called it was coined by two Americans. I'm not going to name them because I can't remember them, but they wrote a book which was called um, Lean Thinking and the Toyota Way. And it really was that. Now, I'm just going to pick elements from the uh, the book and the industry. And obviously since then, because this was these books were written in like the 1980s, uh, long before the, inter- the internet to share things. And to be honest, Toyota and the people that were working in that environment didn't really realise it was anything particularly special. It was just part of their their DNA, just part of their day-to-day life, that they created improvements. And they, I think they were a little bit shocked when they found out that the rest of the world didn't do that type of thing. Now, every single member of the Toyota factory, even to this day, is challenged to create two efficiency improvements per week. Now, these can be really, really minute and we'll go through marginal gains and bits and pieces in another episode. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to set the scene as to why I'm talking about these random things. And we're going to talk about the eight wastes of lean. Now, when we say waste, obviously, waste is quite a broad term, but realistically, it's efficiency blockers, but that doesn't have quite a nice sort of ring as the eight wastes of lean. Now, these eight wastes 
spell out a man's name called Tim Woods. And that's how I was taught to remember Long it. Tim Woods. Tim Woods, yeah. The most inefficient person you can ever meet. Now, um, that's the first letter of each of these wastes. You don't need to remember them all, but I'm just going to go through them and I guess talk about how I've kind of used this process to create improvements. And now is the perfect time as we're getting into the dark and scary months to make these types of improvements. And today, uh, sorry, this week, I've done quite a lot to do with uh, like financial improvements to my business. So like, and we will go through this on another episode because I, I, I want to give proper facts and figures as to how much money I've actually saved. It's staggering. And I thought I was lean, not around the waist, but around the wallet. And the it, re- it really is like, it's scary. That's an episode in itself. Anyway, so the first waste of lean is transportation. Now, that is as simple as moving from A to B to C to D. And we do this one naturally, I think. And it's talked about in the service industry a lot because it's obvious, you know, drive drive time is a killer. And it's a it's a it's a drain that you can feel. It's a drain that you can see. And naturally we attack this. However, it does have other aspects of transportation and it might not necessarily this is the way I've been kind of thinking about it so like you always think that you know you're on your Monday round and you're going from like one side of the street to the other to the other to the other to the other and realistically should you be going to that street in the first place have you got your service area set up correctly is a massive part of transportation so if you're spending half an hour getting to that street, but then it's fairly efficient, and then half an hour back, potentially that might be something that you just need to knock that whole area on the head. Um, because I think naturally we do try and get customers quite close to each other because it just feels efficient. and Like yeah, you can work out that you've done X amount of pounds per hour more than others. Um, but should you be going to that, that, that area in the first place? And there's loads of different ways you can challenge yourself with transportation. And QuickBooks is really scary for it. I don't know. Do you use QuickBooks, Mike? Yes, but not the way I should currently. So tracking your driving on QuickBooks was, yeah. sh- it was shocking at really? first. I was like, I've been where? Because obviously it's like tracking your mileage yeah. and saying, hey, look, you spent £2 on this journey. And you're like, have I? And you went to the tip. Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have gone to the tip quite as much and I should have just stored the, the waste yeah. a little because I've got a little place to store it. Maybe I should have stored it up and just gone once. And, yeah, so that's a massive part. So transportation is the Another first. one just in transportation yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be within the moving of your vehicle. It could also be during the job. That's M. Don't spoil it. Is that M? Oh, yeah, don't spoil, spoil it. it. Oh, no. You nitwit. <laughs> I read these before we started. <laughs> oh. It is, um, yeah. Mm. Take 10 points from Gryffindor for that. Um, right. I is um, inventory, or inventory, as the Brits call it. So um, this is 
about your equipment. It's about your spares. It's about your consumables. And it's just challenging how much you're keeping in stock. Now, obviously, I'm a, I've got a retail background, and this is massive. This is absolutely huge. When we did some assessments of the retail business, we, we worked out that some lines could survive for four years, four years in a shop. Like, if I'd have been buying stuff now, four years ago, I'd have gone through COVID. Yeah. I'd, I'd have gone through political nightmare. Like... <laughs> I'd have gone through the Queen down. Like, yeah. goodness me. Like, you know, that's... And then if I'd have bought it four years before that, I'd have gone through Brexit. Like, you're just not set up for that type of thing. Anyway, this kind of comes down to, like, it's just in time. So, like, keeping stuff, like, yeah. moving and flowing. And do you need a packet of spark plugs as a replacement, or do you just need the one? And I think sometimes that comes like, down to cost as well. It does, hundred percent but how much do you want to hold as inventory in your business mm. now realistically if you can make a saving on i don't know if you can make a saving on 10 bottles of aspen and you're always going to use it but it makes you less liquid in terms of your finances yes it might be the right decision but challenge it and i think that's that's really where inventory in a small business i think can because if you're yeah. if you're struggling to make payroll, but you've got Aspen that can last you eighteen months, yeah, you're like you know, but I saved twenty quid, like that's great, but that's next year's twenty quid. What about this year's twenty mm, quid? Yeah, like it's it's kind of um, it's relevant, but it's not the biggest thing we've got. Our biggest is the M that you've spoke. <laughs> um, so we'll come on to that now. So motion and. This is um, this is this is a huge one for us because we are moving beasts. We're in the service industry, and anything from retail to waiting tables to us to plumbers, you know, like you see little van setup efficiencies. Um, I've got one on my YouTube from last year, and hopefully I'm going to do another one this year because yeah, I've got one coming to be fair. Yeah, it's really helpful mm. and. Yeah, so motion is massive, and like there are certain tool ranges that are just ideal for motion. So Wolf Garden, for example, yeah, like you take all the little attachments in a bucket to the garden bed, and you can just rotate them, and you know loads and loads of different things like that in terms of um, trip distances. So like, and it's all the obvious stuff, and I think sometimes it's more about. When you find a good idea, making sure that you adopt it, and if you've got if you've got colleagues, they are not in the mindset of motion. They'll quite happily walk around yeah. all day, and it's it can really eat into your day. And motion sometimes. So, like I'm a I'm a big old evil mow and goer, and like it's it, it, you. I even start to look at stuff like where I'm parking if I'm parking outside the house, because that's an extra little bit of motion. And if I can make a bit of a, not a system around it, but if I can start to memorize where the best locations are for parking, not just the place I've always parked, you know, that's huge amount, a huge amount of emotions, uh, about a amount of motion, not emotions. <laughs> start crying. <laughs> the Sorry. Motion. The, um, and like, 
you know, I hear some gardeners double cutting lawns. Now, yeah. I get it. It might you might think it makes a slightly better finish. You don't need to double cut all the time. Like double, double time. Double cutting's a disaster. And it's double the time, it's double the motion, um, it's double the petrol. It's yeah. double a lot of things. Um, double cutting's Same a disaster. Pair. If you have to do that, that's a problem. And Sorry, what Same pay. Double everything, but the same pay. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, um, but yes, it is a, um, yeah, so anyway, motion is one that you can really, especially if you've got employees, and especially if you're new to the industry, and because naturally new people aren't great at efficiencies, and especially motion, they dither. They yeah. don't do things the most efficient way. They, you know, we always have we always have a bit of a laugh about um, turning weeds over in a bed. I think we brought it up on 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 a guest episode we've had recently, and we're talking about swilling the weeds around the garden bed with the hoe and making like a weed broth rather than actually taking them out. Um, and you know what? That a lot of that comes into motion. It's. Yeah. Uh, and you know you can do you can do things pretty quickly and there's loads of little things like you could be hacking away at taking a shrub out for ages with an axe or a little saw and it's a job that a chainsaw could do in seconds and also like my big one is if you're removing like something try and take it out as whole for you as as whole as possible because, like, if you chop it up, put it into a bag, put it into a bin, and then put it into the back of your van or put it into a trailer, whatever, you might actually find that, yes, it might take up slightly more room. But if you just put it in whole, you've got so much less handling. Yes, yeah, one movement. Now, yeah, and it's, you know, for the experienced guys, they're probably listening to this going, obviously, idiot. But sometimes it's like, it, it's kind of getting into that mindset for everybody and just kind of yeah. tutoring your people. And so W, W is waiting. We're onto the woods. Now, waiting's a massive one when there's two of you. It's huge. And uh, there's obviously elements of this when you're solo as well. And But waiting is ridiculous for me. It's probably one of the things that I have to challenge the most. So when there's two of you, doing a lawn or a job or whatever getting the alignment of the two of you to finish and step foot in the van or truck at the same time yeah that's difficult it's not synchronized swimming it's like it just doesn't work out one always finishes first always when it comes to stuff like that because if one's streaming one's blowing you know you're on the front you're on the back you're never ever going to finish at the same time. So you're always going to have one kind of loitering. And I always try and make sure that, this is going to sound awful, that it's me that's loitering because I'll be a lot more productive because I've got a much bigger yeah. vested interest in it than Tom or Jack or whoever. And we, you know, do little, little silly things like I might go spin the van around if it's a cul-de-sac. So it's pointing in the right direction when we're about to leave. Uh, I might open the van doors and put the ramps out. I might 
try and pre-blow off the back as best as possible. Yeah. And then chase him out of the back out, out of the garden with a blower behind him. Silly little things like that. Or do you know what? If there's actually nothing to do and we've got five to ten minutes, might do the customer a bit of a favour, pull a couple of weeds if if I like them. If I don't, I just check my emails. Um like but it's all productivity. It's yeah. all it's all getting into the right kind of it's, it's, all, it's all stuff I'm going to have to do anyway. So even if it is checking emails, checking Facebook Messenger, you know, whatever, refreshing the podcast stats, you know, like what, 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 whatever, whatever it is, it's all going to have to be done at some point anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, waiting. If you're in charge of that operation, yeah, you should you should be the one that's waiting and try and do that as best as possible. Now, oh, we've got the two O's of wood. Sound like something from Game of Thrones, isn't it? The two O's of wood. It's, uh, so the first O is um, overproduction. Now, obviously, this is very much a, a factory and producing stuff. It's, it's obvious where that could be. You don't yeah. produce too much stock because it's going to sit there as we collect dust. And, you know, if it's sitting there, it's still costing the business money. However, I've got a great one for the gardening industry. And it's about aligning customers' expectations with what you're delivering. So if you've not if you had a really sensible conversation or you really tr- understand the standard that the customer is looking for, yeah. you can price it well and you can deliver it well. Because not everybody's after five star service. If you're panicking and you're trying to pull every single weed or you're searching for every little speck of green in the garden bed and you've not bid it correctly for that and you know you think these people are after like a perfect job when in reality they were just after the buddlier behind it removing or the sapling or like and you're going absolutely mental trying to remove absolutely everything of course if the customer has asked for a really high-end finish and you've quoted it just deliver it but actually sometimes people are not too they're not as bothered as sometimes you think about, you think they are about certain things and you've got to try and align what you deliver with what they expect and that's the game and that sounds really awful and as if you're like skipping stuff and you're missing stuff and you're hiding stuff but in reality, you should have been doing that work when you've met the client. Yeah. And then delivered the quote and then delivered the right amount of production. Just just see what I mean? Because that's a bit of an awkward one to yeah. talk about, to be honest. Yeah, no, I hope people don't hate definitely. me for that. But that's, you know, I live in the real world and I run a business and overproducing for customers is huge. And it doesn't just eat into... It eats into everything because if you've quoted it too high, way too high, because they're after some sort of you think they're after some sort of supreme job, and all the, all they're after is just kind of the basics of like just knock all the weeds down with a strimmer is what they're after, and because we're selling the house or whatever, just for the pictures, and then you're there like hand pulling it all, you're probably not going to get it because they'll probably be a bit you'll probably be a bit too high, 
So you've wasted your time there. And it's just, yeah, I'm trying to assess the customer's level of standard to and match it up with what you've quoted and what you've delivered is, is very key. And it's a good way of getting rid of overproduction. Overprocessing is the, the second O. Now, overprocessing is really to do with paperwork, to be honest. And it's about aligning your lot, a lot of your, your your systems in terms of, yeah, just basically in terms of your paperwork. So like an efficient way of doing stuff is like QuickBooks, for example. You know, you take a picture of the receipt, goes on, goes straight onto your um go straight onto your um your account it's saved there then for the end of the financial year you put the receipt in a little tidy place lo and behold comes to the end of the year you sit down with the accountant you don't need to go look for the receipt you've already got it done now what you could do is not take a picture of the receipt go dig it out go match it up go figure out where that thing came from this random from this random garden shop that you've never heard of um and yeah, you, you double handling it, treble handling yeah. it even. And yeah, it's just about kind of trying to make you, 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 your systems as fast as, as quick as possible, really, and as slick as possible. So you, um, and there's loads of little ways that you can do it. So, like, I use Jobber currently. Um, we, we are trying something else, which is mm-hmm. working out really well, actually. Um, but for the moment, I'm using Jobber as we speak. And it's, on the bottom of every single quote, I will give the customer the because this isn't a part of their their option. I will give them a option of two dates of when I can do, do the job as well. Yeah. Now that means because obviously beforehand, if you do and they accept the job, you get a little email that says they've accepted. Mister So and So has accepted the job, and you go great. And then you go back to them and you go because the next their natural next question is. Yeah, I'm happy with that price. When can you do it? Yep. So I eliminate that with the, and we'll take the 26th, please. Yeah. And I go, great, all booked in, looking forward to seeing you. Because otherwise, I'd have to go, my available dates are this. And then they'll come back and go, oh, the 26th, please. And then they'll go, thank you very much. You go, see you later. You know, get the kettle on. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Whereas this is one back and forth. And it's already and it's already so. If you're listening, Jobber, which you won't be, put that in, please, because it would help. It would help people massively. Anyway, yeah. So that's just like, and it's just like little things like that. Just kind of how little, uh, you know, how little can you handle stuff? I heard a great stat one day that five percent of all emails in an office is like the words "thank you" back. Really? Yes. That's mental isn't it yeah it, and if five percent's too high and it's one percent that's still too high yeah five percent is just cheers or thank you sounds good all that kind of stuff now like that's just ludicrous isn't it that's a lot of emails it is it's ludicrous now whatsapp has like little emoji thing doesn't it where you can put like a yeah. thumbs up now that's attached to the message yeah it doesn't ping to say that you've no it's like replying to that message isn't it it's... yeah so you can yeah. go on and check and just make sure somebody's read it if you want to. It doesn't come through as a brand new tech, uh, a brand new message that you're having to look at. And they should put that on email. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's just little, little, little things like that. Just anyway, that's over process. Defects. Now, we don't produce anything, do we? So 
defects is going to be a bit of a bit of a challenging one to kind of relate or is it so i've got a great defect story it's broken equipment it absolutely derails your day it's mental if you're in the middle of a hedge and your hedge trimmer goes down it's absolutely disastrous so you've got you, you get the allen key out you get the hammer out you sit down for half an hour you stress yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Now, now, being at the position that I'm at, I've got two of everything. Yeah. I don't really, unless I know for a fact what the fault is, I don't even really bother. No. I just, just go straight, yeah. straight back, go get the spare, crack on, fix that at the end of the day. Because the waiting time and the stress and the... the the detective work that you have to go through is just not worth it. So, yeah, defects, it really does. Yeah, it can really, really ruin your day when, really you get yeah. when, you get, when you get broken stuff. So, um, I'm not saying you've got there and buy two of everything, but like it has to be a work towards because it's, it's a bit of a life, a bit of a game changer. And the very last one, the S is skills. Now, this is not usually your skills it's usually colleague skills but the underutilized skills are one of the biggest um untangible wastes you can get because people have all sorts of skills that you just don't know about so like you might have a young lad sitting in the van that's like Enjoys his job, but just quite happy to get the money, drink beer at the weekend. He's always on TikTok. He understands TikTok. He loves TikTok. What happens if you just ask him to do a few TikToks of gardening? Free form of advertising. He already understands it. He knows what people like looking at TikTok on TikTok. Um. Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. might be an Instagram expert. There's loads of stuff. As a child, they might have been taught by the favourite grandma how to properly prune a hydrangea. Whereas you think it's day one, so they have no idea. They might be better than you. Their household might be an award-winning hydrangea sanctuary. You just don't know. You don't know unless you unless you really converse with these people um and also your own skills you might find that you've got like things that you can do in the past that you might be able to bring into your current role um i know i certainly did and i'm sure there's other things that i've done that so like i had quite a lot of not that it comes across quite a lot of public speaking training before uh we did a few events because i had to talk in front of 600 people at an event and I'm not John Bon Jovi so I've obviously never done that before so they give us a little bit of like I don't know like I can't really remember the training too much but it was like and it wasn't like weird like picture everybody naked it was like it was like normal stuff um I've obviously never had to use those types of skills but just that, don't yeah. you don't you just don't know um, but then there's other things like I understand lean efficiencies. Yeah. Lo and behold, we're bringing it up on the podcast. 
it's a skill that I have and now we're utilising it. So, quickly, Tim Woods, transport, inventory, motion, waiting, overproduction, overprocessing, defects and skills. They are the eight wastes of lean. If you can look into all of those, some more than others, you'll find hopefully some hidden gems within your business. Any questions, Mike? All good. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in again. We'll leave this one here for today. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you later.